are in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Right now, it is 107. And this portion of the show, uh, folks, uh, last night before I went to the hearing regarding uh, the mayor, I stopped by, said hello to everybody at Case. Folks, what an absolute joy. Rhode Island Institution, consistently great. They had a great crowd there as well. They're waiting for you at Case. All right, I want to start off. We have a lot of news we want to uh, get to, especially the Congressman Langevin uh, situation, the investigation of Congressman Langevin. That is a developing story. It is, um, I mean, that's certainly gets your attention. And that would be quite the story if he, in fact, was... Um, ends up getting indicted over this whole thing with the stock trading. For whatever reason, I don't know what's going on with the guy, but he's very, very brazen. Very, very uh, brazen with some of his actions. But I want to start off with, let's go to some of the highlights. How did the news portray last night when Stockton City Council, I was there, special meeting on the possible removal of Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. So I... I um. I know it's going to continue tonight. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it two nights in a row. It was a little slow moving. Um, I think Mike Lapazera, who I've known for a long time, I, I'd ease off on some of the drama. But anyhow, let's, uh, this is uh, how Channel 10 covered it this morning. Welcome to oust. Remove Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. Last night's meeting ended around midnight after five hours. Uh. Lawyers for the mayor will resume their defense against the accusations from the council. They claim the mayor did not execute her duties, ignoring measures passed by the council. The state Supreme Court is now involved in the case, too. Per the city charter, though, the council does have full authorization to remove elected city officials, and that would include the mayor. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um it seems this is my I, I, I'm just trying to figure out what the end game is here, because I think this is going to drag on for quite some time. I also think that I, I don't fully get it. Five hours of testimony. And then it's now in recess until tonight at six o'clock. And on top of that, she's she's running on a post. So, you know, listen, this part of this, I get it. You got to play out and there is a provision for it and they're they're doing what they have to do I, I i'm just trying to figure out where does this lead so that's how it was just a brief mention on channel 10 let me hear how um channel 12 handled this socket last month the city councilor called for the mayor to be ousted last week the mayor got her hearing pushed out to prepare and last night that hearing was sent to recess after five hours of testimony erica ritchie picks up the saga from there that hearing expected to continue tonight right Indeed, Pat, that's right. Tonight at 6 o'clock is when that hearing is set to resume. In question is whether Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt should be removed from the city's top seat. The one who brought that question, City Councilor Denise Sierra. She kicked off last night's marathon meeting. Her actions demonstrate, demonstrate a prolonged and ongoing contempt for our form of government that, via our city charter, calls for consensus, collaboration, and respect between and amongst all elected officials of the city. Her disdain for the city charter and the city council's role in government is palpable. Well, leading up to that comment last night, Denise Sierra read all nine charges she filed against the mayor last month. Among them, accusations that Mayor Baldelli Hunt issued unauthorized compensation payments to a select group of employees, including union workers. That she willfully neglected her duties, including providing health insurance to some part-time employees while denying others. And that the mayor failed to keep contracts with the local police union. Before Sierra even got to share those allegations, though, the mayor walked into a chamber to a round of applause by her constituents. It's that support, she says, that got her through the five-hour hearing that called her leadership into question. 
Uh, they have been extremely supportive um, through attending tonight, uh, being in the overflow room downstairs. I've gotten phone calls, text messages, emails. So, you know, it is encouraging. It makes not just me, but it makes the staff recognize that um, they're appreciated and that they feel that a good job is being done. And so the council president tells us that he does hope to bring this to a conclusion at tonight's meeting. Again, it starts at 6 o'clock. But even if the mayor is ousted, she is on the November ballot running unopposed, so it's quite possible she could wind up back in that top seat. We'll be at the meeting tonight. We'll have an update for you at 10 and 11. For now, live in studio, Erica Ritchie, 12 News. Again, I understand some of the, obviously, and see how this wraps up. I, I I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll we'll find out, and at least hopefully it'll then be uh, wrapped up. Now, folks, I want to get to this um, this Congressman Langevin story because it's uh, and and I don't blame the Republicans for going after him because Seth Magaziner, he's he's got the endorsement from Rhode Island Congressman Jim Langevin, who is there's nothing to say he's not treating. And an awful lot of money, over one million in stock trade, stock trades, as allegations are that he is using inside insider information, which is illegal. There was also a report that came out that showed that Langevin was claiming thirty percent returns on his money. That's just sheer greed. So Channel Twelve broke the story. I want to play it again. Target Twelve investigators and Ted Nisi. This story is getting bigger. Not smaller, with with uh, and the fact that Seth Magaziner is silent about this. Let's hear the Channel Twelve story. Stock trading by members of Congress. Yeah, Kayla, Kim, we decided Target Twelve to look into hundreds of pages of financial disclosures that have been filed by all four members of Rhode Island's delegation, and the one who stood out was Congressman Jim Langevin, who's retiring this year after eleven terms on Capitol Hill. Target 12's analysis shows that in just the first eight months of this year, Langevin traded shares in major companies 89 times. He reported purchases and sales totaling at least $1 million and possibly much more since lawmakers are not required to disclose exact amounts. Target 12 also found that Langevin regularly places bets on the short-term price moves of major tech companies, even though he's chairman of a committee on cybersecurity, and that's a red flag for ethics watchdog. And Ted, no surprise here, but this story has become major fodder in the race to replace Langevin in the state's second congressional district. Yeah, Kim, uh, Seth Magaziner, who's the Democratic nominee in the second district, has been endorsed by Langevin. He's currently airing a TV ad that says it should be illegal for members of Congress to trade stocks. Yet Magaziner has not been willing to criticize Langevin for his behavior as a fellow Democrat. That led the National Republican Congressional Committee to release a statement today saying, quote, if Seth Magaziner is serious about a stock trading ban, he'll condemn Jim Langevin's egregious abuse of the system and reject his endorsement. Now, of course, it's not just Magaziner who is declining uh, to criticize Langevin. Republican Alan Fung, his opponent, also isn't criticizing the incumbent over the stock trades. Now, Langevin and Fung are friends, even though they're in different parties. And Langevin has said he's personally fond of Fung, even though he's supporting Magaziner. But Fung's campaign argues Magaziner's the one who should be speaking out, since he's the one airing TV ads right now about stock trading. All right, certainly a story we'll continue to track. And speaking of the second district race, Ted, we are only about... 48 hours away from getting a fresh look at who is leading that race. Yes, I love to have this news to share. We are going to have a brand new Roger Williams University uh, WPR 12 poll. There you see our pollster, Joe Fleming. He just finished taking the pulse of Rhode Island voters for our new poll, testing who's in the lead for the second congressional district as well as in the race for governor. Tim and I will have those exclusive poll results starting Thursday night at 5 on 12 News. Certainly looking forward to that. And we know everyone who cares about Rhode Island on politics. Also can't wait to see what that poll found out. Target 12 investigator and 12 News politics editor Ted Nisi. Thanks for being here. Good to be here. All right, folks, again, the um, the Landsman stuff, he, excuse me, he is just so brazen about it, isn't he? I mean, he is just so brazen about it. Now, here's this is a legitimate question. And again, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 116. You're listening to the John DePietro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This is, a, here's a legitimate question. How come Mayor Fung is not slamming 
Congressman Greedy Jim, Jim Langevin, over his stock trade. The reason is, is because Langevin still holds a high approval rating in the district. So still has a good approval rating. And I believe the feeling is that, you know, you don't want to go negative there if you don't have to. But that certainly is not stopping the national committee from going after him. I mean, that is definitely happening right now. They're very aggressively and slamming, as a matter of fact, slamming the situation um, regarding Langevin. And most importantly, that, that, that a Seth Magaziner is silent on the whole thing. So so you have so you have that situation. Now I wanna um go to some of the, the more national stories that are taking place. And one of the things is I, I'm telling you this Herschel Walker race in Georgia is really problematic. Anyone that knew him thought he was he would have problems as a candidate. He was, you would think, I think, you know, President Trump said, no, he'll be great. But someone who's really going after him is Christian Walker. He's a conservative social media personality, podcast host. His father is Herschel Walker. And he's totally attacking the father. So I don't understand why. That wasn't resolved before they made the big announcement. Now, if we want to dip into celebrity news, Angelina Jolie is alleging in a new court filing, Brad Pitt verbally and physically abused her and the children back in 2016. I I mean, look how toxic these things become. And then, of course, there's the news regarding Tom Brady. So I have some thoughts on the Brady situation. We're going to also bring it up with our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. But folks, right now at 118, something that no one really seemingly wants to touch on is, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But at some point, and I don't want to, I want to be very cautious how I'm not framing this that there's some kind of the, he he has a very close personal but also working relationship and that's with his business partner Alex so I, I, I don't know when but at some point you watch she's going to Drop that it was like being in a marriage with like three people in the marriage. I just want to hear this is the Good Morning America piece. Good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, George. Yes, fans are used to seeing the supermodel in the stands cheering on the seven time Super Bowl winner. There have been four games so far this season, and we have not seen Giselle. And now, this report has some fans connecting the dots about the couple's recent absences and comments. This morning reports that one of the most famous power couples in the world may be calling it quits. The New York Post reporting NFL great Tom Brady and his supermodel wife, Giselle Bündchen, are hiring divorce attorneys after a period of recent turmoil. Brady, the 45-year-old quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and seven-time Super Bowl champ, making waves when he announced he was retiring from the sport in February, then abruptly changed course, unretiring just six weeks later. A lot of the things that are really important in your life, like your kids and your wife, things are always taking a backseat to football. I think that's just how it's gone for me. The decision won his wife was reportedly not happy with. Giselle telling Elle magazine about her struggle with her husband's choice, saying, quote, obviously I have my concerns. This is a very violent sport, and I have my children, and I would like him to be more present. I have definitely had those conversations with him over and over again. In August, Tom noticeably absent from preseason games, taking an unusual 11-day hiatus 
to spend time with his family. It's all personal. You know, everyone's got different situations they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges to our life. The duo were married in 2009 and shared 12-year-old Benjamin and 9-year-old Vivian. Giselle also stepmother to 15-year-old John, Tom's son with ex-Bridget Moynihan. The Buccaneer sharing this video of his children seen at one of Tom's games, cheering him on. But Giselle wants a staple on the sidelines, nowhere to be found this season. All this time, we've been suspecting that there's been deep trouble in the relationship, but we did think that it was possible that they might be patching it up behind the scenes. A lot at stake for the couple. Forbes estimating Brady is pulling in nearly $84 million this year. And while Giselle retired from the runway to spend more time with her family in 2015, she says she's now ready for the next chapter, telling Elle, I feel very fulfilled as a mother and as a wife, and now it's my turn. Going to a divorce lawyer doesn't necessarily mean your marriage is ending, but at least they'll know what is ahead of them if they choose to go this route. And for just the second time in his career, Tom Brady does not have a contract for next season. Football insiders believe that Brady will actually retire after this season. But, of course, everyone, we've heard that before. Yeah. All right. He's not. I'm telling you right now, folks. And, again, good afternoon at 122. He's not retiring. They're playing. He's playing until he's 50. I'm looking at a story that he dropped. Essentially sports. Tom Brady reveals he would have retired 8 to 10 years ago if not for this man crediting him for at least three Super Bowls. In the Sunday night football game, Tom Brady and the Bucks faced defeat against the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas simply proved to be a better team compared to the Bucs. While playing the lead QB at Tampa Bay, suffered injuries. However, there's some to whom he's indebted taking care of those injuries. On his weekly podcast, Let's Go, the seven-time Super Bowl winning shot caller discussed the loss against the Chiefs. Then talked about his injuries, how he recovered from them. Alex Guerrero, Brady's personal trainer, co-founder TB12, Helps him recover from the various injuries. Then Gray asked him if a word for his dynamic trainer, would Brady have retired 8 to 10 years ago from the sport? Definitely. I tell him that all the time. I mean, he's the secret for me. It's a one-man show in football, such a contact sport. So much of the sport involves recovery. Football is a demolition derby. How quickly can you repair your body to prepare for next weekend? He has suffered many sprains, bruises, tears. Alex Guerrero, an alternative medicine expert, always supported as the reason behind his seven Super Bowl wins. And folks, the ultimate fitness buddy of Tom Brady, Tampa Tom and Alex Guerrero have worked with each other for 15 years. Guerrero is the support Brady requires after he faces sprains and bruises. He'd learned from him how to adapt the human body, and then they created TB12, health and wellness brand. It promotes movement and longevity. Brady shares his healthy eating habits, shares as long as he plays. He's not retiring. He's playing until he's 50. He's not retiring, which I believe he's made very clear to her. And right now, if you're Tom Brady, why would he retire? Why Why would he retire? Right now, if the Patriots, there's plenty of teams. If they could, they'd get Brady. Hey, what about Tua with the Dolphins? They Dolphin, Miami needs a quarterback. He may end up being with the Dolphins next season. The league has changed, folks, at 125. Listen, I don't do a sports show. But the league has changed they protect the quarterbacks the nfl is definitely protecting brady this is not when johnny unitas played this is not the beating that that terry bradshaw used to take this is not the beating that dan marino or jim mcmahon or brett Favre or any of those other types of quarterbacks took that's not it I also see this. This was the sporting news. Inside Bill Belichick's feud with Tom Brady trainer Alex Guerrero. You know, that that was the whole thing of him, well, a huge part of him leaving was the trainer. This story, and this is a while ago. It came out two years ago. came to light. There was tension. Brady and Belichick ahead of the 2018 NFL playoff game. 
Patriot quarterback head coach working through some issues with Kraft. Nothing came of the story. However, it did serve as the beginning and the end of his time with the Patriots. And part of it, the issue, was related to his personal friend and trainer, Alex Guerrero. Wasn't employed by the Patriots, worked closely with Brady. In Tom versus Time, you'd see them go up into a luxury box to get the massage that he needed. Guerrero was not allowed to travel with the team or given a, uh, a um, sideline pass. Belichick sought to minimize the presence in 2017, contributing factor to his fraying relationship with Brady. What was the TB12-related drama came to head during the 2017 Patriots season? Here's everything we know about Guerrero, why he and Belichick butted heads during that season. Who is he? The spiritual guide, counselor, pal, nutrition advisor, trainer, size therapist. He's also the godfather of their son, Ben. Guerrero has a master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine from a school in Los Angeles. The school closed in 2010. He now helps run TB12 with Brady. Uh, His career has not been without controversy. He's banned from being called a doctor by the FTC. This came after he claimed a supplement called Supreme Greens could serve as an effective treatment cure and preventive for cancer, heart disease, arthritis, diabetes. It is a means of achieving substantial weight loss up to 80 pounds in eight months. It's a blend of vegetables, herbs, vitamin-rich grasses, MSM. The Belichick-Guerrero drama came to a head during the 2017 season. The coach stripped Guerrero team privileges the Patriots had previously granted him. This included the following. Banned from boarding the Patriot team jet. Had his game day sideline access revoked. He could no longer treat players besides Brady at the Gillette Stadium office. He was never employed of the Patriots, served as team consultant, was given free reign around the building. But it created tension. Why did Belichick strip him of team privileges? Part of a power struggle. He wanted to permanently clarify Guerrero's role, draw sharp boundaries around him. Hmm. Uh, what led to the decision? According to the, it had to do with mounting pressure to work with Guerrero to earn Brady's trust. New players felt the way to earn his trust was to join Gronk, Amendola, and others seeking advice from Alex Guerrero, not team doctors, which Belichick preferred. Guerrero said he, he wasn't pressuring players to adopt his approach. But according to multiple sources, players openly discussed with Patriot coaches staff whether follow Brady or the team, leaving them trapped. He also began instructing certain players not to would follow the advice of the Patriot medical team. It became a powerful but divisive force in the Patriot building. Belichick made it clear Guerrero could still treat Patriot players and seed it out, but it had to be at their facility. How did Brady react to Belichick's decision? He didn't say much about it till after the 2018 season. He was asked about it. He hung up. And then um, when the uh, it was Kirk Menahan asked a few questions about Guerrero. Brady previously had been asked about Guerrero, who had flown with the team. He didn't want to discuss the tension that came in 2017. I don't want to bring any drama on this year. I'm focused on what I want to do. He was also asked if he was happy with the arrangement they had. Apparently, all were happy with the plan. So, but that is, I am telling you, I believe that is the real commitment he has. And, and I, I in no way mean, you know, I'm not saying that there's a, any type, they are, they are partners. They are joined at the hip. You know, the secret behind him being able to play into 2023, it, it, it's, I, when I say that they are close, I think his relationship with Alex Guerrero is closer than his relationship with Giselle. I believe at some point, if she did an interview, and I'm sure their settlement would be you cannot talk about anything to do with him, anything to do with Alex, anything to do with how he's treated. But I believe she would say something like there were, it was like there were three people in the marriage. He was always around. Think, he sees Brady every single day. And he is godfather to one of his children.
You can't be any closer than they are. That is the loyalty. And they have much bigger plans for TB12 than he's not retiring. He's not retiring. And she, I, that's what it comes down to. They can say it's something else. But he, I believe, and I'm a fan, but I believe that, I believe that he sees this, I mean, he's just, this is, you're not, you're not one of, like, the greatest patriots. Tom Brady, to me, folks, at 132, this is, I, I don't. This is not, to me, this isn't like he could be the greatest player to ever play for the New England Patriots. This is not he could be the greatest NFL player ever. This is, you go down in history as the greatest athlete ever. That's the goal. That's the goal. I also want to mention, folks, you know, where Brady's not wrong, you go to that February 4th, 2018 Super Bowl, Patriots-Eagles. After the first quarter, the Eagles led 9-3. to three. Second quarter, 13-9. to nine. Third quarter, oh, wait a minute, no, that's the number of points that they got. Listen, the final score in the, in the fourth quarter, the Eagles got 12 points, Patriots got seven. It was, it was 41 to 33. And the Patriots got 21 points in the second half. 21 points in the second half. And in the second half, the Eagles had 19 points. The Patriots beat the Eagles in the second half, 21-19. In the second quarter, the Eagles got 13 points, and the Patriots had 9 points. So, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. If Malcolm Butler had played in that game, the Eagles would not have gotten 41 points. If Malcolm Butler had played in that Super Bowl, the Eagles would not have gotten 41 points. They won by eight points. That was a winnable Super Bowl. Bill Belichick did not play Malcolm Butler for reasons that have never been disclosed. Something happened the night before. First, it was rumored something happened with his son. I think they were telling him that curfew's over, or it, curfew. You gotta go. You gotta go home. Then it's been said something happened with Steve Belichick. Then it's been rumored something happened with with Matt Patricia. But either way, at some point there was Brady. The, the Patriots. They 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 had that Super Bowl. With Malcolm Butler on the field, there's no way the Eagles score 41 points. There's no way. They would have had a stop. They would have had a stop. And maybe even more than that. And I think think after that, and when Brady came back, there was no big contract waiting for him. And that just started things in motion. And then led to him leaving. All right. I want to play now. This situation with Herschel Walker running for Senate in Georgia, it is a disaster, and it's getting worse. And his son, who I was unaware of, has a huge social media following. And his son, Herschel Walker, who was an unbelievable football player, college football player anyway, had some problems in the pros, but still big. But he is really, right now, under fire. And I want to just play this Good Morning America piece that frames the problem that Herschel Walker is under right now. 
And I think they, all right, so listen to this, because they play his son, one of his sons, is really going after him. Abortions is denying a Daily Beast report that he paid for a girlfriend to have an abortion more than a decade ago. NBC News has not been able to confirm the Daily Beast reporting, but Walker's son thinks the reports are true. And here's just some of what he said on Twitter in response. I stayed silent as the atrocities committed against my mom were downplayed. I stayed silent when it came out that my father, Herschel Walker, had all these random kids across the country, none of whom he raised. And you know my favorite issue to talk about is father absence. Surprise, because it affected me. The abortion card drops yesterday. It's literally his handwriting in the car. They say they have receipts, whatever. He gets on Twitter. He lies about it. Okay, I'm done. Done. Everything has been a lie. Huh. For more on this, let's bring in ABC News political director Rick Klein and also Sirius XM host and ABC News contributor Mike Muse. Rick, let's go ahead and start with you. We knew Walker had a checkered past, okay? And right now he's neck and neck with Democrat Raphael Warnock, according to the latest average from 538. So what do you think is going on here, and is this enough to sink him? Well, it's going to test the proposition that we saw so many times with former President Donald Trump, where it looked like a revelation that no one could recover from. Partisanship remains a big poll. We've seen the polls heighten. People vote on a lot of things. I think there are two main issues that the Walker campaign has to deal with now. One is that you now have his son, who's a prominent conservative influencer, yeah. uh, out there now publicly saying that he believes the allegations and he believes that his father uh, acted inappropriately over a number of years and resurfaces those allegations five weeks out. The other problem is going to be a lot of voters who might leave this race blank, uh, that they may not like either Senate candidate. Right now, Governor Brian Kemp in a pretty strong position at the top of the ticket, but the Senate race will be a lot closer. It's almost assured that Herschel Walker will underperform other Republicans on the ticket, uh, and you're up against uh, Senator Raphael Warnock, who has begun to, to build a record and is popular in his own right. So, Mike, what do you make of this story and the way Herschel Walker and his son Christian are both responding? I think just as Rick mentioned, the key for me, I only look to as his son, uh, as being a really big conservative influencer who is not moderate or Democrat by any way, coming out against his father and saying that, you know, they tried to warn his father of what was to come if he decided to run for public office, uh, that what would come out as dirty laundry would air and it could be a challenge for him going forward. Uh, my big takeaway from this is that uh, a pattern of just untruth from Herschel Walker. And so the Georgia voters have to be very mindful going forward when they enter the ballot box to figure out uh, his inconsistency with these stories uh, that just keep coming up as untrue. Uh, and there are a lot of receipts and evidence to support uh, these claims. So it goes to his character and how he would handle himself in the Senate if he wants to represent Georgia. So how are other Republicans responding now, Rick? Well, most, including former President Trump, are standing behind him, uh, saying that they believe Herschel Walker. We should note that he uh, promised that he would file a lawsuit this morning against the Daily Beast that has not materialized. Uh, his campaign came out and continued to say uh, that these are all lies. Uh, but, again, the Christian Walker part of this makes it more complicated. Uh, a lot of Republicans that I've been talking to uh, who were concerned about his candidacy from the, from the start, uh, maybe quietly saying, told you so. Uh, they had worries that Trump's hand-selected pick, this is someone who's traded on their friendship with Donald Trump, if not for Trump, Herschel Walker would not have been a candidate for Senate, almost certainly. A lot of Republicans in Georgia thought this was a mistake to go with someone who had admitted to, to, to domestic violence allegations, for instance, in the past, and had a checkered mental health history, if nothing else. All of these things that have come out have not surprised or shocked a lot of people in Georgia, including some Republicans. But they are stuck with him now, like him or not, and we are seeing, at least on the official side, people standing behind him and blaming this on Democrats trying to smear him, notwithstanding, again, uh, the fact that his son, a conservative influencer, is out there they're saying he, he believes the allegations. So, Mike, while Warnock is ahead in the polls, Stacey Abrams appears to be trailing uh, current Republican Governor Brian Kemp. Why do you think she's not doing better? And could this end up helping her as well? I think it could. Uh, Herschel Walker right now is getting so much of the headlines. And so because Herschel Walker is getting so much of the headlines in the state of Georgia, uh, Raphael Warnock is part of that headline-grabbing narrative conversation. Uh, and so as people begin to really focus on the Senate race, uh, I think as a result, we're, got, we're going to see a focus 
on the governor's race. And I think that as a Democratic base goes out and supports uh, Senator Warnock, I think we will see a slight edge uh, in support uh, for Stacey Abrams as she runs. Uh, the challenge is is the way that the previous uh, governor's race was handled. A lot of Georgians feel uh, not enthusiastic and, and really a sense of frustration in how it was handled. And it's hard to get them to come back twice again to the polls uh, to vote for their candidate uh, who came up short, uh, some would say not to her own doing. Uh, but I do believe because there's been so much national focus on the Senate race, I think it will compel them uh, to become uh, interested in the governor's race again. I think we'll start to see an uptick in Stacey Abrams' polls numbers. Interesting. Rick, big picture. You know, we're just weeks away from the midterms now. How do you think things stand at this moment? Yeah, Kira, the, the, the math is as stark as ever for Democrats in the House. Only five seats need to get flipped by Republicans for the Republicans to take over the majority. They are still heavy favorites, I would say, uh, in today's betting markets to, to take that over. The Senate's another story, and it's races like this that are going to determine it. Uh, even if you were to shrink the battlefield to a handful of three, four states, uh, Georgia is high on that list. If the Democrats are able to hold that, it goes a long way toward uh, their, their hopes of maintaining the Senate, and they are still part of that conversation five weeks out. That itself is surprising uh, because a lot of people came into the year thinking this is going to be a huge Republican wave year. Tell you what, it's going to get busy for all of us. Mike Muse, Rick Klein, thanks guys so much. You know, folks, I think, um, and again, good afternoon right now. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I, I think it's an uphill climb. He's not a great candidate. It's 142. Uh, he's not a great candidate. I, I think he's He's gonna. This is because it's not going away, and there's still a long way to go. So it's it's not as if somehow, um, you know, it's not as if the election is is next Tuesday. Or I I I think I think that's problematic. I think that's a problematic issue because it's not going to go away, and. It doesn't help him, put it that way. Is it enough to completely knock him out of the box? I know they're trying to rally behind him, but he's not, as I had mentioned, I'm not convinced that he 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 wasn't, to me, like a really good, strong candidate to begin with. I also, Stockton police released surveillance video, person of interest, they're searching for a serial killer, six murders. Have you heard about this? I want to just play this. This is uh, bizarre. We haven't heard a story like this in uh, quite some time. Let me play this. Have released the first video of a person of interest in the murders of six men. Mola Lenghi is in Stockton with more. Good morning, Mola. Uh, good morning, Robin. Police say right now surveillance video and ballistic evidence are linking these murders to each other. This morning, a new lead in the urgent manhunt for an apparent serial killer on the loose in Northern California. Stockton police releasing this surveillance video showing a person of interest in a string of potentially connected murders. I want to pay close attention to the uneven stride that this person has. We have no evidence that connects this person as committing any of these crimes. But it's a person that we are interested in talking to. Police say the person of interest is seen on surveillance video near at least two of the crime scenes. In Stockton and nearby Oakland, at least seven people have been shot since April of 2021. Six people killed, only one woman surviving her injuries. Most of the victims are Hispanic males. Authorities saying the series of killings point to a suspicious pattern of homicides. All victims were gunned down while alone, outside at night. Do the characteristics of the victims suggest anything about a motive here? We don't know what the motive is. What we do believe is that it's, it's mission-oriented, right? This person's on a mission. The only surviving victim describing the suspect as a taller, thin man wearing dark clothing and a COVID mask, saying nothing to her during the shooting. Now, right now, police say that uh, there is a reward in excess of $100,000 for information leading to an arrest, George. You know, I haven't heard anything... Um, I don't think in a, in a little while about that. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's one forty-five. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 13. 
1380 and 99.9 FM. You can also listen online at our website, depetro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. I was just there. Over the course of the weekend, stop in and see my gun guy, John Francis, at Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Ammo, or maybe you have some firearms that you don't use, or maybe you could like to be a little more liquid right now. Competition Shooting Supplies, ammunition, uh, preparation ammo, all tailored to your needs. And on top of that, if you're looking to maybe uh, sell Maybe you want to sell some of your firearms. You can do that with John Francis or uh, the latest now. He runs a good Facebook page. But, folks, this is where you want to shop for your firearms and ammunition. He's so knowledgeable. Competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You can take the last exit off of 95. It's exit 2A. You drive past the Attleboro train station, and then just when you get to uh, the intersection of Newport Avenue and also Newport Avenue and Benefit Street, you hang the left on Benefit Street, and it's competition shooting supply. Stop it and see our friend John Francis. They're open today, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Right now, it's 147, so again, the... Woodsocket will once again pick up and this whole business of trying to remove Woonsocket Mayor Lisa Valdelli Hunt. So I, I don't, they think there's going to be some resolution um, right now, but I'm, I, I, we're going to have to wait and see, folks. We're going we're gonna to have to um, wait and find out. What happens with tonight? Now, also, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Channel 12 is going to be out with another, their the latest poll, the gubernatorial poll with Governor Bikki and Ashley Kalis. Expect things to heat up then. There's three things we understand that Channel 12 is going to release. One is the race for governor. Two, they're also going to release polling numbers on CD2, which is the Seth Magaziner and former Chris Mayor Alan Fung race. And then number three, the third thing that they're going to uh, open up or have is the direction that the state is going. And it sure um, sounds like, I think, that There's going to be a lot. The polling numbers are going to show that people don't feel that the state is headed in the right direction. I think that is a key number to watch. And tied in with that is going to be the undecideds. The the number of people that are undecided in the race for governor. And that helps the challenger. Ashley Galis. So there is, you have to look at, number one, there's some things that I want to find out. Is this truly a race? Is it really a race? You don't know. I mean, or is this going to be a blowout? Is this, does Governor McKee have this in the bag? Or, you know, is there truly a way that she had, does she have a path to victory? Does she have a realistic path to victory? Now, their first debate between just the two of them is coming up next Tuesday night. There's also going to be a debate. There should be more debates. I wish Channel 6 was doing a debate. There's also going to be a debate where I think it's like the Providence Journal and Rhode Island NPR. They're going to do a gubernatorial debate, but they're including everyone. They're including everyone who managed to get themselves on the ballot. And as I've said in the past, I, I, I think we're way past that. I think that if if um, if anyone wanted to to um, to do that, they definitely could have been maybe in some kind of a 
um, some kind of a forum, and there was that that could have been done a while ago. I think we're past the point of that. We're suddenly now. You also you have some people. One of the problems that that I have a problem when you when you start to have someone on a debate stage, and they 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 have nothing to lose. You know, they're looking to get three percent of the vote. They're 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 throwing. You know, they're 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 operating differently than the other candidates. They're operating in a way that doesn't really play in where it's not. You want someone that's got truly, to me, skin in the game. And I think people can understand that. I mean, at this point in it, I want to see someone who has a legitimate shot of winning the race, not someone that said, for instance, there's a college student and it's like part of the the school project. He worked to get himself on the ballot. Okay, that's, you know, that's fine. And congratulations to him. And I hope he gets a good grade. But, you know, should we really have to entertain that? Right? Should we have to all kind of deal with that? So we, all of us, have to deal with the fact of someone that said, you know, I just want to show that I can get on the ballot. I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that serves the public. I don't think it does. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. A delicious meal is waiting for you right off of 146 at the Lodge. So the situation with Congressman Landsman, I'm telling you, I think that that story is going to get even bigger. It's, it's not going away. Um, what's also interesting, because he is a sitting congressman, you have you you have national outlets who could really start to dig into it. However, I, I also want to be very clear. I think Ted Nisi has done a very good job um, on that story and exposing the story. But we need someone to kind of further the story a little bit, right? Like we have the story that we know, which is Lanchman and, and just the brazenness of which he is, um, you know, putting this stuff forward of how he is so not, he doesn't care what the rules are. He's willing to just, he, he absolutely does not care about the fact that he probably shouldn't be doing it, that it is a conflict of interest that he's doing it. That he could have insider information about it. Um, I, I um, let me hear this with um, James Carville talking about Governor DeSantis. I want to just um, hear this because remember he he is someone that would dictate what the Democrat talking points would be. This would be, I think, on MSNBC. handling of Hurricane Ian so far. Well, listen to me. Ron DiCatrina pushed the fried chicken and the mashed potatoes and the gravy back. The first thing is you can suspend your toilet patrols or who's using which bathroom because none of the toilets are working in southwest Florida. They're all backed up. The second thing you need to do is forget about Martha's Vineyard, hire a bunch of buses, Go, go to El Paso, to Matamoros, to Laredo, to Nogales, to, to Mexicali, and put a sign up and says, we need workers. No questions asked. High wages. Right? Stop all the stunts you're doing. You're going to need immigrants, and a lot of them. You're going to need drywall people. You're going to need bricklayers. You're going to need carpenters. You're going to need every roofers. And there are not enough roofers in Florida to deal with this. And the third thing you need to do is change the curriculum in the textbook and tell young people what the effect of 87 degree water in the western Gulf of Mexico has on the state of Florida. 
I can tell you what it is. It's profound. This guy has no idea of what he's doing. Forget the toilets. Forget the immigration stunts. They are so afraid of Governor DeSantis. I mean, how many other governors would they really be going after? Um, let's see. Don Lemon, how do you know if you're telling the truth about the issue? We'll have to take his word about it. The, the Herschel Walker story is not, that story is not going away. New King Rich, Herschel Walker, um, I think Walker's the most important Senate candidate in the country. Deep commitment to Christ. I, I don't know if he's going to get over the the finish line there. Um, and then, the, the, listen, the... The, the voters in Georgia are then going to decide that, as a matter of fact. Let me go to, um, this is Robert, Governor Ron DeSantis on Fox News. You don't have to politicize every single tragedy in the country. I think he was talking about Harris. Every single tragedy in this country um, not going to happen. It's totally not appropriate. Uh, you don't have to politicize Every single tragedy in this country. Um, you know, he's exactly right. But then you, you go to the fact that Kamala Harris, you know, these ridiculous talking points that I thought Donna Perry framed very well, just lowest income ridiculous. In communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And so we... Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding oh. that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. It's another clapter. I mean, it's just... You know, that is so out of touch, I believe, with where people are. That is so out of touch with where people are. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 1.58. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to remind you about our friends at Propane Plus. For all your propane needs, heating and cooling in Massachusetts, call Propane Plus at 508 252-3359. In Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. Propane Plus, heating and cooling, three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery. They're off for online billing. Schedule a service delivery at the click of a button. You can depend on Propane Plus. They also have a very user-friendly website. It's Pro, Propane, P-A-N-E, propaneplus.com, heating and cooling. You just type in your zip code, residential or commercial, and then they'll take it from there. Folks, at 159, it's John DePietro. I want to remind you, tonight is night number two, where they're going to have the hearing, seeing if they can remove the mayor. So I'm sure there'll be uh, full coverage. Again, I want to say uh, just hello to everyone. I was there last night, and uh, the people were just so terrific and nice, and uh, and everyone was just so cordial and uh, friendly to me, and it was uh, terrific with everyone that I saw. Hey, listen, um, we will be doing Facebook Live later. I don't know if I'm going to be at City Hall. But anyhow, in the meantime, we will be back on the radio tomorrow at 11. If you want to see the lizard boy, go to the website, dipetro.com. WNRI Winsocket.